Welcome to Beggar's Bread, a podcast where we invite Christians and truth seekers to engage with thoughtful sources in an age of disinformation. Our name is inspired from the quote by D.T. Niles, evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Each week, we recommend a source for you, either a sermon, podcast, or video. This week, we bring you the political homeless buddy system. And with that, this is Luke here in Wisconsin. And as always, I'm here with Nick in North Carolina. How's it going, Nick? Hey, it's going well. Probably on the way to a Thanksgiving lunch, early dinner, lunch and dinner question mark. Yeah, because it's definitely Thanksgiving at the time of our recording. <laughs> it's no, it's not. Um, yeah, we're recording it the same day, and we're no, releasing it the same day. This is verifiable so fact. Verifiable, not fact. That is an alternate fact, also known as a lie. Um, a happy segue. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> um, I had a great segue. I was about to lead with it. I oh, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So speaking of... Speaking of Thanksgiving. Well, now I forgot. No, you no, go wait. for it. I know what it is if you want me to... No, you go. Yeah, speaking of, like, information and truth-seeking, we have a resource. Yeah, and not only that, it's on Thanksgiving, and it's talking about politics. It's perfect. Perfect for everyone's Thanksgiving. So if you Nothing accidentally... screams dinner conversation like politics. Yeah, especially... The one thing that you're required to talk about, that and religion yeah. on Thanksgiving. <laughs> If you're not doing that, you're not doing it right. At least not in the South. Yeah. And then someone's got to get up from the table and be like, well, I'm going to go outside for a moment or something like that. You know, isn't that is that part of the South, too? It's part of the Midwest. It's a respectful way Uh, of saying I can't handle it. You're all y'all too much. I think there's a lot of like awkward pauses and silence. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like for the people that aren't necessarily like engaged in. So it's usually like I feel like. This might just be from my own experience. So there's always like a couple parties involved, like only like a couple individuals. And then what you have around the table is awkwardness. Uh. Yeah, because it's like, okay, do I want to engage? Do I want to take sides? Do I want to be a part of this? How do I navigate this? And actually, that was a rule growing up was like, we would not <laughs> engage in any sort of like, uh, you know, yeah. air Classic. quote, controversial conversation for and it was always thanksgiving specifically yeah so i distinctly remember that growing up yeah um because we had we have relatives that at the time viewed things very differently from how i was grown up right and so it's pretty normal there was a most family yeah yeah so i guess there there had been enough past experiences in which you were like you know what let's just not right but that's what this episode's for. So now you can just blast this at the table and <laughs> get everybody mad. Cause no, don't I do that. I think that's our goal. Yeah, because as you know, we're kind of like woke, I think, is what I've heard. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, as we recommend classic. the conservative uh, resource. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, if you want to survive Thanksgiving, here's what you say. Hey, good to see you. Insert cousin or uncle or aunt or grandmother or grandfather's name. I <laughs> uh, missed you a lot, which should be heartfelt because, well, I don't know. I, I'm not shitting on you. I'm sorry. Uh, you could be like, hey, how's your job going? <laughs> <laughs> 
And then when they're like, ah, I'm required to be vaccinated. And you're like, ah, do I engage or not? Because maybe you're like, I think everyone should be required. Or maybe you're like, I don't think anyone should be required. And then Nick's rule is you can't talk about politics. So then you're stuck. You've, you've gotten into a stalemate. So then what do you say? You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, lots of lots of new things going on. Look at that. How about that for a neutral answer? <laughs> that is a that is a reframing. You like that? Wow, there sure is a, a lot of stuff happening in your life right now. A lot of, a lot of stuff happening. Then, it sounds like you're very conflicted about what you're going through. Uh, well, anyway, so talking about politics, because yeah, we're gonna talk about politics. Because, yeah, we did that. We planned it for Thanksgiving. Uh, We're recommending a podcast called Advisory Opinions. It's hosted by David French and Sarah Isger. And this is a podcast from The Dispatch. And if you're like, what is The Dispatch? It is a media outlet that has a conservative uh, perspective. And it is, they would... I can't remember exactly what their catchphrase is, but it's like basically fact-based reporting uh, with a conservative perspective or out, out, what do you call it? Outline. I mean, essentially not populist. <laughs> yeah. So we're recommending episode 160, Defamation Law 101. This came out on August 12th. So, and you know, this episode of ours is coming out in November and we're recording this... <laughs> before october i'll just say that <laughs> it's almost oh, october no, the man behind the curtain is revealed yeah it's not thanksgiving morning everyone um so that'd be cute it's almost like the the gift that keeps on giving you just like present to you this thanksgiving gift early yeah this is like a live podcast like as you're driving to your relatives or driving away you'd be like ah oh, i want to talk about politics and not how my job is going although hey my job's going well thanks for asking everybody and (laughs) (laughs) the like i never i never had the opportunity to ask you oh yeah well there you go now you know well we always talk about it before that's the thing like we discuss stuff before the show and then you ask me on the air how i'm doing and then i'm like oh i'm good i don't know what i said earlier like 15 minutes ago but i'm pretty sure i was good then too yeah Uh, i can I don't know. Do you want me to say something more? <laughs> uh, how's work? <laughs> it's going well. Uh, yeah, today I put in a, a patio. I, I work for a company that does some landscaping. And uh, it was good. I, I like working outside. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be pretty cold. But we still might be working outside because they, they do that. It's, Dang, you know, even that far up? So, yeah, you bet. And any other questions? <laughs> well, I would ask what you're eating on Thanksgiving, but it's oh, really far in advance. So. Actually, this is kind of a funny... I will tell you this because it's a cultural experience that I noticed. There was a time when I lived in North Carolina. I don't know if you remember that. There's a, I do. I yeah. Do. So then I went to this Thanksgiving gathering and... I made a comment, something to the effect of, oh, I should have brought brats, like, because that's the food of my people. And <laughs> that is true. I've, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. And then the, um, at the time, I was dating someone, and they were like, well, 
that's not really a Thanksgiving food. That's not really like a holiday food. And I thought, oh, maybe she's right. Yeah, maybe I was just kind of like thinking the practical food of the time. Anyway, so then fast forward to Christmas, like a month later, and I'm in Wisconsin. And uh, my uncle and aunt were like, yeah, we decided to have brats and burgers for everybody. It wasn't on Christmas Day, but it was like the Christmas, you know, extended family general like gathering. And then I was like, this is legit. This is part of my people we do this this is a legitimate dish to to <laughs> bequeath to others when they come to your abode to even validated yeah i felt like hey this is a legitimate cultural difference and i love brats so anyway um yeah so i wasn't really eating anything at the moment but at thanksgiving i'll probably be eating like turkey so but and um, I can expect that brats will be involved in some way, shape, or form at this social gathering known as uh, Thanksgiving. Probably not on Thanksgiving, but maybe, you know, I don't know. Definitely other times. <laughs> so, uh, no giveaways to our listeners for brats, unfortunately. They don't no. travel well. <laughs> if you want to get a brat and you're like, I really want a brat. You can go to the Timber Rattler Stadium, which is like a minor league baseball team that is near where I live. Now I've already told you too much. All right. So talking about <laughs> advisory opinions, there is I, I absolutely love the dispatch. And it's the only news outlet I've ever actually subscribed to, which is because there's so much news you can consume without paying money i was like i don't want to do that and i was actually hesitant to do that with dispatch until until i read a bunch of david french uh sunday essays he's got that are free to everyone and then i was like wow this is really great content i'm gonna subscribe and go ahead and read their other stuff so i really like david french's stuff um jonah goldberg also has some fantastic stuff i also feel like with jonah well, really with all of them, but especially Jonah when it comes to politics, I feel like I'm often learning things, not just getting like a hot take, although he does have his hot takes. It's also like, hey, here's some history or here's some political ideology or some political philosophy that's at play here. And it is just brilliant. Um, and then, of course, Sarah Isker and there's other folks there. I've read their economist guy a couple times, but I don't know. My economics are not like the best they're not the worst but they're not that guy is genius so anyway talking about um the dispatch one of the reasons why i love it so much is as nick alluded to earlier it is a conservative news outlet but the thing i love about it is it's not a populist news outlet which i've often seen a blurring between those lines within the last oh basically trump's presidency um and I would say, just to give an example, because some people will be like, ah, Luke, you say you're conservative, but you're not actually, you don't even, you, you didn't even vote for, well, I, I'm not going to tell you who I voted for, but <laughs> I just did. I didn't vote. <laughs> Whoops. Well, for the record, 2016, I voted third party. So I was just like, I don't feel comfortable with either of these options. <laughs> so, um, but that's too much information. Man, now you know what baseball team I'm near. You basically know how I voted. Ah, this is too personal. Like, this is why we There's don't a ask lot how Luke of is doing. Disclosure. Yeah, I, I should not have asked these questions. You know, I keep mine really basic, really yeah. basic. Oh, sometimes man. I bring up other stuff. That's for like the the deeper, heavy episodes. The you know? deeper. 
That's yeah, true. the deep personal ones. Yeah. yeah, this one's not deep. It's just politics on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, nothing's um, deep about politics on Thanksgiving. Let me no, tell you, nothing. Um, it's all rage. It's, it's all, all rage. Rage. <laughs> <laughs> no, let me. So when when I think of the word conservative, you know, I've, the obvious connotation is all right. We're trying to conserve something from the past, and I will just say. Um, I, you know, I don't fancy myself a nationalist. I don't really think in those terms, I think you can define that in patriotic differently, but I think in a lot of ways I consider myself patriotic in the sense that I really like the constitution. And while I acknowledge there were huge errors and huge, like moral problems with its writing, the amendments is a beautiful gift that we've used well to self-govern and continue governing. I also love um the different branches of government like i guess that's kind of what the constitution but whatever um and the idea that there are things worth conserving um some other things that aren't really because obviously you run into trouble if it's just like i want to conserve the past because then it's like you get yourself with like segregationists and all sorts of really (laughs) problematic stuff so like i'm not like um, I want to be conservative in everything, nor am I like, I want to be progressive in everything. Um, but I'll just give an example of what I think currently I think conservatism has a lot to do with like limited government or local governance, basically subsidiarity, which I think we briefly mentioned in an economic episode in the past. It's a Catholic doctrine that basically codifies Moses, Moses advice from his uncle Jethro. I don't remember which book the Bible it's in. Uh, it might be Exodus, but not sure. And we're just cruising right along with that information going like that. <laughs> You're uh, not in seminary yet. It's fine. It's fine. You don't, you don't have everything. to have memorized yet. No, it's just, you know, pre seminaries It's like, oh, it's in the Bible somewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's how I roll. Yeah, it's like, I know it's in there. And No, but like fiscal, fiscal conservatism uh, generally as well. I'm like, I'm a really big fan of the ideas that the dispatch um, has retained and also articulates. Let me give an example. I don't know if the dispatch actually has said anything specifically, or obviously there's different authors at the dispatch and they aren't all a monolith, but I'll just give an example of how I would consider myself a conservative, even though I wouldn't consider myself a populist. Um, And that'd be an example of college uh, debt forgiveness. So don't get me wrong. If the government wants, decides to forgive my debt, I will be super happy, be jumping up and down with excitement. Um, but I actually, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, and economically, here's why. Uh, and the basic idea behind economics is, again, like people respond to incentives. So if we decide as a nation, hey, we're going to forgive a bunch of student debt. Um, and also, don't get me wrong, I think there is an enormous amount of student debt, but I don't think forgiving a certain amount of student debt will necessarily fix the problem because if you do that, then instead of people having to almost sit with that debt for longer, it's, you know, it's forgiven. And that generational lesson of, oh, maybe I don't have enough money to go to college isn't learned. So And I know this may sound really brutal. I'm not trying to say don't go to college. What I'm trying to say is the prices of college, of tuition, have gone up significantly in the last several years. And 
if no one is going to basically bail out students, then in the future, student um, those students, when they become parents, may be less willing to help their children or may just be saying, hey, I can't afford to send you that college. I can't help you out. And those children, the next generation, would probably go, oh, well, I'll go to this cheaper college or this technical college first, or I'll wait a couple years before I go to college. And then what that'll do, and again, this may sound brutal or sad. It's not supposed to be brutal or mean or sad. It's hopefully just economics 101. Eventually, certain colleges will have to go out of business if they can't lower their prices. So either a college will have to choose to lower some of its prices or it will eventually you know, go under and then those professors and folks will either find jobs at other colleges or perhaps we won't have as many positions. Now, that all sounds really bleak, but so does having people graduate college with over $100,000 debt. So, I mean, it's kind of like, and there's people who would disagree with me and that's totally okay. Some people would say, hey, this is supposed to be a one-time college debt forgiveness. It's not supposed to be a reoccurring thing. So that lesson can still be learned without people having to be paying the punishment forever, where they're just constantly paying college debt and way behind on wealth building for their lifetimes and retirement, etc. Um, but even if you say it's a one-time forgiveness, we live in a in a democracy, or at least a representative, a Republican, how do you say, it? Uh, Democratic Republic, where we can elect our leaders and we can influence them. So if they forgive a bunch of debt, we can influence them and say, hey, do it again. <laughs> so um, I don't really necessarily say the one-time argument is super convincing just because I think it's totally possible and uh, for us to just say, hey, you should do that again. So that would be an example of something I would say is pretty conservative um, that, again, is not populist. And I think that's the sort of ideological or just... I don't know if you'd say ideological, I guess, um, just kind of sphere of ideas that you'll interact with on the dispatch. It's just, it's different from your typical media outlets. Um, it's pretty thoughtful. Not a lot is like outrage. Are you still with me, Nick? I've been just rambling. Oh yeah, no, I didn't fall asleep or anything. No, <laughs> this will be like the other time I talked about economics, and people be like, "All oh, right, I didn't get it. It was boring." <laughs> um, no, this one's more. I think this is more true to form for our podcast in the sense that it's providing almost like an alternative way to think about things than what we've perhaps experienced in the last few years. Right? Like there, is, there are different ways in which to convey ideas that are not going to relegate you into like almost I don't know these like populist boxes on both sides of the political aisle you know and so like there are different paths available and so it's just kind of refreshing to see that even if you aren't necessarily inclined to like you said agree with everything that they're saying in the dispatch like I think I'm definitely in that category of like seeing something that the dispatch, for example, that has like value um, that I don't always agree with, but I find to be thoughtful and really educational as far as like seeing things from a different perspective. Um, Cause I definitely would find myself more on the left side um, just based on my education and how I've viewed policies and practices concerning, you know, poverty, 
um, substance use disorder, stuff like that. And so I think it definitely provides like a fresh, a breath of fresh air that I think is needed in our, in our time, especially now and looking forward to a political season of Thanksgiving. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it's interesting too, where you're talking about how that's the whole rub with the, the title of this podcast episode is the political homeless buddy system. I feel like these, this is almost a place where I feel at home, um, listening to these people talk and discuss ideas and yet I don't think their way of viewing the world is very popular <laughs> with most Republicans or definitely not Democrats. So, but I do, I think you're exactly right. We're trying to basically say, Hey, here's a resource. And I'm, I'm glad. Cause I, yeah, I think you and I would probably fall in a different uh, spot in a lot of policies and like, dang, we've been recording a podcast for five seasons. <laughs> so. It's been a while. Been <laughs> That's a pretty awesome. Second. And I think that, hopefully the content that we've shared thus far has been like, you know, reflective of that, of seeing things in two different ways that aren't, they're not necessarily extremes, but they're definitely just ways of thinking and addressing issues differently. Um, that can be respected and can be explored in a way that's non hostile. That's not, um, what we've turned like reflexively oppositional, you know, to everything. And so like, if there are actually, ideas and plans and interventions stemming from another side that are realistic there's things that we can observe and can like say hey that is something that i would like to consider even if it falls on a different ideological spectrum um it's just worth pursuing because it's just realistic yeah well and i think it's interesting too when you said reflexively oppositional the thing about advisory opinions especially well really any of their episodes but this one not being an exception is it's kind of complicated and difficult to listen to. Like it, if like, oh, yeah, it would be odd to even be reflexively oppositional to advisory opinions just because they're so nuanced and in depth. It's like, what, like, <laughs> like in one sense, it's like they're literally talking about how some of the laws, that were passed for example in florida by a republican governor are just i think she used the word stupid and typically i'm not trying to be demeaning on this podcast but yeah she was just like this is a stupid law um and yet she's also like my husband represents fox news i'm like this is so weird (laughs) it's almost hard to kind of um reconcile the two yeah in some ways it totally is it doesn't fit within your bubble of like Republican, Fox News, conservative, all the same, Trump supporter. Like, it just, it doesn't. And I will say, too, for some of the advisory opinions, it's total, it's very complicated. Not because they're trying to be complicated. I think they're actually very accessible, um, which I'm really grateful for. I've listened to this podcast episode about four times. I think it was like four and a half or something when I was driving somewhere. I listened to like half the time, if that counts. Um, and, I've really, every time it's like I've kind of learned something new just because they, they go pretty quick from issue to issue. And it's easier for me as I've listened to this episode to pick up on those distinctions between the different cases and who they're even talking about. Because there's a lot of lingo. Um, and I will also say, as I've started to listen to advisory opinions a little bit more, 
and I've picked up sometimes between different episodes, they'll reference other lawsuits from other episodes. And it's helpful if you listen to it as a longtime listener. And I'm not a longtime listener, but I'm starting to listen more regularly. Just can have that consistency going, oh, okay, I know what they're talking about. Um, I don't know if I'd be able to explain it to somebody, but I feel comfortable going, I'm tracking with them for now. So anyway, that's just a word of encouragement if you're like, this is intimidating. Uh, so, and I actually really, really appreciate our co-listener this week. This is Katie in Minnesota, and she gets, she talks a lot about what I just mentioned. So she said, this is my first listen to advisory opinions, and as someone who is no law nerd, I felt like I had shown up to class without having done the reading assignment. They discuss both sides of about five lawsuits in 45 minutes and reference information you should already know. Cue the pause button. <laughs> that being said... One can appreciate that they did not shy away from explaining heavy content, nor do they lean in favor of the expected conservative opinion. Here are a couple of examples. One, their discussion of the preliminary injunction on the vaccine passport ban in Florida, and their explanation of why it has been seen as political posturing, and not actually out of concern for public health or privacy. And two, their humor regarding the Third Amendment amicus brief on the eviction moratorium, and how they challenge the definition of quartering. All in all, you may just feel a little smarter after listening. <laughs> thank you that for Ka- thank you for that, Katie. And uh, yeah, I I appreciate it too because I know you guys can't. I don't know if I'm doing very well on emphasizing her italics, but she italicized some of the definition, like the words that they use. So like the preliminary injunction on the vaccine passport ban in Florida. And the Third Amendment amicus brief on the eviction moratorium. And I, I felt that. The italics of like, yep, I feel that when they're saying those words. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, And it's hard. Yeah, it's hard when you're not familiar. But it also, again, reminds you of like what you don't know. Um, and that kind of ties back into like what we were talking about before with like being reflexively opposition. Like you can't really be it if you're looking at things critically. You know, if you're not taking that surface level approach that oftentimes most media outlets or most news sources are kind of propelling you to consume or pursue. Right. So I think the dispatch and like this podcast that we're recommending in particular do an excellent job in kind of going through that nitty gritty in a way that's like, wow, my brain is melting. <laughs> Yeah. And I will say too, like advisory opinions is not the only dispatch podcast. So if you're kind of intrigued by this idea of fact-based conservative like approach, they do have two other podcasts. One is with Jonah Goldberg. His is called the remnant. And they also have, I think it's just called the dispatch um, podcast. Those are, they each have their own different kind of focuses advisory opinions is really this meat and potatoes of legalese and so i'm just giving you the the main course up front um anyway before uh i wrap up were there were there any thoughts you had for this episode nick on this wonderful thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> this wonderful thanksgiving in september uh i would say it's i don't know i think talking about these things on thanksgiving can be challenging um who knows what will happen within our political or socio-political sphere in the next like two months 
um a lot could happen and a lot of discussions could be had i mean there's a lot of things that are still going on that can be very stressful and provoke a lot of conflict within family dynamics right like we've seen that for at least like i don't know (laughs) like the last five years i would say um yeah and so i would encourage our listeners to know that as we're wrapping up season five and you know beggars bread that kind of like how the uh me and my muslim friends tagline is like you know you have a, a friend in us right like you have a friend in us too here and so we're always willing to to engage with people that are struggling with you know engaging in these tough conversations right over the dinner table or things that they're extremely convicted about and so not to be preachy but yeah just feel free to reach out we're still around absolutely yeah we got that uh the email and our show notes and we've also got we got twitter and facebook and instagram i don't know we got some stuff it's available we won't give you our phone numbers because I've already given you way too much information this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm not providing that. Um, I believe in boundaries yeah, and confidentiality. <laughs> so that's why I can only operate with... Well, confidentiality does not apply in this situation. But like, you kind of already know who we are. And we've shared a lot over the last five seasons. <laughs> and Luke shared probably more in one episode just now than he ever has in, again, the entire show. So <laughs> you could probably look him up. Okay. All right. Enough ideas. Thanks for (laughs) joining us this episode. Uh, We'll see you next week with the Shawshank exemption. And of course, remember, we got that bonus episode for November for our Patreon supporters. Open mindedness and tent stakes. And indeed, next week, we will have a new Patreon episode for you for December. We'll see you next week.